trafficking in America, international crime network, smuggling enslaved women as sex toys in America, and an $8 billion industry. Coming right up on Star Style, Be the Star You Are with Cynthia Bryan. The Star You Are, Be the Star You Are, You Are Writers Wanted at the 6th Annual La Jolla Writers Conference, October 20 through 22, 2006, where New York Times best-selling authors, editors, agents, publicists, screenwriters, and poets will help you find your voice and perfect your craft. Get feedback on your work from New York Times bestsellers James Gripondo, Linda Leo Miller, Steve Berry, Margaret Weiss, Catherine Ryan Hyde, and a host of other outstanding authors. Participate in read and critique classes with renowned literary agents and editors and know that you can later submit to them on a first-name basis. Hone your screenwriting skills with Alan Russell and Warren Lewis, the writer of Black Rain, The 13th Warrior, and other movies, and find out what it takes to get your small press book on the shelves of Barnes & Noble with Marcella Smith of their New York office and Jan Nathanson of PMA. Whether you write fiction or nonfiction, whether you're looking to jumpstart your writing career or simply hone your craft, join the unique writing community of the La Jolla Writers Conference October 20th through 22nd. For more information, check us out at LaJoyaWritersConference.com or call 858-467-1978. The La Jolla Writers Conference, turning writers into authors and authors into bestsellers. Hi, this is Guy Finley, host of Letting Go with Guy Finley. Have you ever wondered what does it take to live without painful worries and those old resentments? Well, in this life, we are unable to forget whatever remains unforgiven. So if we won't let go of some pain whose time has now passed, then who's to blame for the weight of this burden that's still being carried on our back? We can do so much better once we understand how these old states of bitterness and fear and worry betray us, even as they convince us to carry them along with us. Join me this Thursday right here on worldtalkradio.com at 9 a.m. Pacific time as you and I explore the most important topics of our lives. We'll discuss stress, peace, happiness, relationships, what real success is, and even more. That's Letting Go with Guy Finley right here on worldtalkradio.com where the world comes to talk. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Hello, party partners, and welcome to radio's finest hour of power, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a program of positive book talk with authors and experts to help you excel in life. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am delighted to be your personal growth success coach right here on the airwaves every week with you. 
This is normally our Tea for Two segment, but my wonderful daughter, Heather Brittany, is off on location, so I'm going to be doing the Tea for Two segment all my solo. So it's Tea for One, but you can join me and make it Tea for Two. So get ready to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through books and positive media because we are a show about following your heart, doing what you love, bubbling with enthusiasm, inspiration, motivation, information, and tools for daily living. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the Carmony Collection, handmade classic clutches for the hip chick. Visit CarmonyCollections.com or call 619-286-1099. And this is by Warren Buffett. In looking for people to hire, you look for three qualities integrity, intelligence, and energy. And if they don't have the first, the other two will kill you. What a great one that is because of everything in life, integrity is always the most important. Well, we have a really fabulous show for you today. In our first segment, I'm going to continue where we left off last week. And this, in segment one, we're going to be talking about sex trafficking, uh, major centers here in the United States. We were talking last week about uh, the book Sold and how women are sold into sex slavery in other countries. But actually, America is one of the number one countries where these young girls are being sold into slavery, and we're going to talk about that today. In segment two, we change gears, and we'll be talking with Rabbi Erwin Kula and his book, Yearnings, and it's all about the messiness of life and what we can do about it. And segment three, Vicki Malazzo shows us how that we women have ten strengths we didn't know we had to get the career and the life we want. A very powerful, powerful show for you today. Our purpose in providing you this radio program is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the producer, the writer, the director, and the star of your own life. We want you to go out into the world and be the stars you already are. We have three rules. You must smile, you must have fun, and you must be willing to be wild and wacky because taking that risk, going out on the limb, that's where the fruit is. And if we don't risk anything, we don't gain anything. We also want you to be reading some books. Sometimes they're books you haven't heard of. As an author, I have four bestsellers, uh, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, Be the Star You Are, Business is Show Business, and Miracle Moments, and currently working on other books. If you're interested in getting copies of the books, autographed copies, the proceeds benefit the charity Be the Star You Are that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy and positive media, as uh, such as this show. So you can go to www.bethestarur.org. My motto is to be a leader, you must be a reader. So please enjoy our program. Life is kind of funny. As we grow up, we learn that even the one person that wasn't supposed to ever let you down probably will. You're going to have your heart broken probably more than once, and it gets harder every time. You'll break hearts too, and so remember how it felt when your heart was broken. You're going to fight with your best friend. You'll blame a new love for things that an old love did. You're going to cry because time is passing too fast and you'll eventually lose someone you love. So take too many pictures. Laugh too much. Go over the top. Love like you've never been hurt. And because every 60 seconds that you spend is a minute of happiness that you'll never get back. So go for the happiness. And don't be afraid that your life will end. Be afraid that it will never begin. So start today and go out in the world and be the star you are. 
and love deeply and laugh loudly. Well, throughout the 1960s, there was a liberal attitude towards sex, uh, and in this decade, we are seeing unbelievably sinister sex slave shops opening in major cities around the world and now around the U.S. In fact, young girls from the globe, mostly from Asia, are being promised high-paying jobs as fashion models, as waitresses and as hostesses for hotels. And then they're smuggled to America to be exploited in the commercial sex outlets. They are held against their will. They are being uh, beaten, raped, and threatened with death if they try to escape. And what can we do about this epidemic of illegal forced sex labor? The government and the CIA says that between 600 and 800,000 people are trafficked and forced into sexual slavery each year, and it's an $8 billion industry worldwide. Here in the United States, there's the numbers vary depending on which research you look at, but again, the CIA estimates that it's somewhere in the 14,500 to 18,000 young girls and women are sold into slavery here. And it's predominantly coming from Southeast Asia. And what was very interesting to me is last week we did a show about the girls in Nepal and Pakistan and India that are taken from the small villages and sold into slavery, and they don't know what's going on. Their families are told that they're going to get good jobs. And then I, this week I opened up the San Francisco Chronicle, and on the front page they're talking about how San Francisco is a major center for international crime networks that are smuggling and enslaving women every year. And it was once limited to the infamous locales such as Bombay and uh, Bangkok, and now San Francisco as well as New York and Chicago and Las Vegas have become the big cities in the United States, many times because of the liberal attitude towards sex in these cities and also because of the huge amount of immigrants who have come to these cities. The sad part is where are they being solicited? Most of the recruiters are in uh, countries in Asia, a lot of them in South Korea, of course in Thailand, Cambodia, and other ones. And these recruiters are women. They have uh, brokers, there's intermediators, there's taxi drivers that are involved, and of course there are madams, et cetera, when they bring them over here. But they're soliciting on college campuses, they're soliciting at hotels, at bars, at restaurants, and at, at very hip places where young people go and gather. And these recruiters go into these places and they promise girls, especially girls who are from poorer families or who are struggling to put themselves through school, that they're going to give them a better life in America and that they're going to be fashion models, they're going to be models for commercial modeling, or they're going to be waitresses and they promise big dollars. They fly them usually either to Canada or to Mexico, and they take them over the borders. Now, one of the big questions is, is with, if they're being trafficked over borders, why, why doesn't customs see them, or why don't the girls say, hey, I'm being sold into slavery? And the problem is, is at that point, they don't even know. They are tricked. They, they, they don't even know until they actually get to the city that they're going to be sold into, where they're sold to a massage parlor, or they're sold to an apartment uh, complex where they have uh, they have a sex trade going on. 
Typically, they're locked inside their place of business. They're forced to have sex with as many as a dozen men a day. Sometimes the victims are forced to live in a brothel or they're forced to live in a room, a very small room, with five or six, quote-unquote, co-workers, and they're just crammed in there. They're beaten, they're raped, they're starved. And the sad thing is is now, cities can hardly do anything about it because there's so many underground people involved in it, from the taxi drivers to the people that are managing these hotels, and hopefully, you know, probably some of even the uh, police officers. Now, juries, when a when a, um, a a establishment is busted or has seen, the juries are having a really hard time getting any convictions because they're wondering if the door to the establishment is open, why aren't the girls running? And it's because they have been so brainwashed that the the police or the government or any city workers are going to do worse things to them because many of them come from countries where if you see anybody in uniform, it's a scary thing. But worse than that, their families back home have been threatened. And if they should run, they could be burned with acid, their families could be killed and so unfortunately they are enduring this this terrible thing and and although many of them are teenagers some of them are young girls that are sent that are sent over here with their parents and this is just really really sad one girl was reported and they all don't they all want to be anonymous when they you find them she was forced to have plastic surgery, to have her eyes opened more and to make her nose thinner and pointer, pointier, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, so that she could look more like Marilyn Monroe. And that cost her about $4,400, which she has to pay back to her captors. So these young women are living as, uh, they're shut in and they're forced to work all the time. Sometimes they die. Terrible things are happening to them. In San Francisco alone, there's over 90 massage parlors, and uh, the mayor, who's Gavin Newsom, is trying to crack down on it. But how do they crack down on it? What is it that they can do? If you go to online sex sites, there are something like 55,000 reviews just in Northern California alone. So we're not even talking about other cities in the country. And the scope of sex trafficking is so large that it is almost to the point it's overcoming drugs and arms races. This is really sad. So what are we going to do to stop it? How can we protect these young girls who are forced to do things against their will and the diseases that are running rampant? And some of the establishments that have these licenses aren't even establishments. They'll go in and they just might be a run-down apartment with a couch on it, and the girls are forced to do, have sexual acts wherever that the people want it. Well, I have my own opinions, and I'm about to give you some of the opinions. You know, obviously what the cities are trying to do now are they're trying to take back some of the licenses, and they're trying to get more security out there, trying to have the police go in. Unfortunately, in some cities, the police force is no longer in charge of the massage parlors. It might be the health and education department, and then they have to call the department, the police department, because public health is involved. So it's sort of like a, a go-around. It's, re- it's a very frightening and very uh, red tape kind of thing. 
So besides taking away the licenses and checking them out, as a woman, I'm just appalled by this. I'm saddened for these young girls. I'm saddened for these women who really are struggling to make a life for themselves, and they're trying to go to college, and yet this is what happens because they believe that they could have this better life in America. What I say is let's arrest the Johns. Why keep arresting the girls who are afraid to speak out? Go after the madams, go after the pimps, and go after the Johns. Maybe, and again, this is a personal opinion. I'm not saying that it works, but it might. If we went after the men that are perpetrating this and put their pictures in the paper and uh, busted them, find them, put them on trial, I think we would be shocked to see who is participating in these acts and forcing girls sometimes as young as 10 and 12 into this sex slavery. It's not going to stop by arresting the girls, especially if they're just trying to eat and trying to survive. But it's the, the people who are patronizing them. And it is just so wrong and so detrimental. And it just totally uh, breaks my heart. So we have to get back to our souls. We have to uh, protect ourselves and, uh, and protect our kids and protect to the women out there. So when if, if you know people that are participating in any of this, if you notice something in your neighborhood, whatever city in America you are in, make a phone call. It can be anonymous, but there are there are things that can be done, and we have to be aware. In this day and age, we cannot sell people. We have to support the human spirit, support the human body, and give everyone a chance to be the person that they were born to be. We have to stop slavery. It was It's outlawed. It's wrong. And this is totally wrong, despite what what these sex traffickers are doing. So that's my little rant for the moment. I'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. We have a fabulous guest coming up and talk about the messiness of life. Erwin Kula is coming up and he's going to talk to us about our yearnings and how to embrace the sex messiness. Stay with us. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. This business of show business is all I want to be, dancing in the world. Talk Radio. Could the imperfectness and messiness of life be the stuff of greatness? Rabbi Erwin Kula joins us, and he's talking about yearnings on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your personal growth coach, Cynthia Bryan, coming right up. Trust in your heart, believe in your voice, you make the change. Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit www.angelstoguideyou.com. We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts, and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. www.angelstoguideyou.com. Remember, you're not alone. Angelstoguideyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Business Bites. 
Here's Cynthia Bryan. Every year, businesses create new goals for success. Adapt some of the following and watch your bottom line soar. Prepare a budget and be realistic. Identify your competition and know who you are. Play to your strengths by doing what you do best. Retain your clients and customers by being service-oriented. Meet with people and be interested in helping them succeed. Embrace labor-saving techniques. Hire for attitude, train for professionalism, and fire the bad apples quickly. Educate and appreciate by constantly improving. Every employee is important to the organization, and by creating a culture that values the person, new opportunities for work evolve. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. The number one source for informative talk on the World Wide Web. week be the star you are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life be the star you are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering women families and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive message programming such as this radio show believing that information infused with inspiration has the power to transform and change lives be the star you are is committed to providing positive role models for women, families, and youth. Please visit the website at bethestarur.org and get involved. You, too, can make a difference. Bethestarur.org. Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are with Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach. Erwin Kula is an eighth-generation rabbi. He's president of the National Jewish Center for Learning and, uh, Learning and Living. He's often on Oprah and his book, Yearnings Embrace the Messiness of Life. Welcome, Rabbi, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, good. I couldn't hear you. Welcome. I am so glad to, to speak with you, and congratulations on writing a very, very powerful book. Thank you so much. Well, I want to get to uh, the yearnings, because what first struck me about your book when I read it is that you focus on the spirituality of humanity rather than just getting into religion, and I, I really just admire that so much because I feel that it's so important for all of us to find that deeper level within us and as you as you say on the on the title of your book yearnings embracing the sacred messiness of life there is no perfection and that really is actually what the perfection is that's i mean and that's look there's so many levels to this as you well know i think the the biggest thing is we have been sold either by religion on the one hand or new age on the other that either we're already perfect that's new age or on the religion that, you know, you, if you just work harder, you'll be perfect. The fact is that imperfection is the perfection. And when we recognize that, that's not an excuse for not trying hard and working harder, but when we recognize that, what we learn is the messiness and our imperfections are the pathway to learning and greater intimacy. And we all know it. It's just that it's kind of like we forget it. You know, we know a fight with someone who we love, 
disappointment from someone we love, if we work through it, actually goes to greater intimacy. We well, all and know the dem- temptations of life that you talk about so candidly in your book, it doesn't matter who we are or what our position is in life. There's always going to be temptations. It's the actions that we take that define who we are. Right. I'm not afraid to, you know, I'm not afraid to say the feelings, we, all, we want them all. In fact, the more feelings we can actually surface that are dark and temptations and seductive and all those kinds of the ugly feelings that we're not supposed to, you know, act upon, unless we surface them, taste them, own them, feel them, wrestle with them, we actually will act out. Yeah, that's that's it, and again, I I love very much how you talk about truth and integrity and humility, and that that having humility is the most important of the spiritual qualities because otherwise we become arrogant and we become dominant, and we, you know it it doesn't lead to anywhere. I mean, and, I think this is spirituality one on one, and very often religions have forgotten this, and and including my own Judaism, that the fundamental insight of religions is that we're finite. And there is something, whatever we call that, that's larger than us and infinite. I don't mean a God in the sky, but there's something infinite. We're embedded in something much bigger than us. And that humility is actually what allows us to communicate across boundaries, to learn other people's truths, to recognize there are partial truths everywhere. And once we do that, actually the funny thing is we wind up growing in a, in a kind of almost quantum way. Well, and if more people would embrace this, this is why I just honor you as a leader in um, in Judaism and just a leader in life, that you are talking about this so openly because the bottom line is we are all one. You know, we all are one, and, and whatever we call God, whether it's the force or the sun or, you know, the, the, uh, the golden cow, it doesn't matter, we're all made of the same energy, and we are worshiping the same being and force somewhere. We just have different names. Yeah, and I think once we actually recognize the commonality piece, then we can actually embrace, celebrate the much more interesting thing, which is our differences. See, the commonality in many ways is just a base and a ground to experiment with, understand, play with, wrestle with what's really the most interesting part of life, the diversity. You know, and it was so exciting for me. I'm, I'm in Los Angeles right now, and this weekend I went to my first bat mitzvah uh-huh. of a very good friend, and the rituals, it was just so beautiful, and I just, it was just so incredible and touching to me. And then the next day went to a big symphony where Mozart was doing all this liturgical music, mm-hmm. all in Latin, mm-hmm. and the similarities of of the ritual, the traditions, the beauty, the humanness, the connectedness, it touched me on such a deep level that, again, getting back to the messiness in life and our yearnings, is we all yearn to find our souls. Yeah, I think that we yearn to transcend. We yearn to, again, whatever we mean by transcend, we know there's more than just this body, this physical space at this moment. How to realize that yearning, how to understand that yearning is what a lot of religions at their best, and music and poetry and art and, and, and gardening and, and, and cleaning the streets. All of it, it can be a practice towards realizing, wow, I actually am embedded in something much more big, bigger than bigger, I am, and exactly. the practice is life. Well, you have this, you say, the ability to live with seeming contradictions and the ambivalence and tension that contradictions create is what gives rise to wisdom. The messes are the point. Right. And what I took from that is it seems that I learn more from my mistakes 
and my so-called failures, I always say failure is fertilizer, but I think that we learn more from all the the, the junk that we do and when we're able to to transcend it and move on than from just trying to do everything straight, arrow, and right all the time. Absolutely. Sometimes transgression is even necessary. Sometimes crossing boundaries is necessary. And what we, again, no, I had this wonderful experience. With, I, was, I actually had the incredible honor to meet the Dalai Lama three Sundays ago in Colorado. Oh, wow. And one of the conversations that we had 15 minutes with four or five other people, so it was pretty private, and he had this, uh, and I asked him about loss. And he, he did this, 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 I remember this practice from somewhere else, but he held the bowl and he says, what's the most important part of the bowl? And of course, the most important part of the bowl is the empty space. And he says, unless you create empty space, you can't have anything new and there's no creativity. But here's the thing, the empty space and the loss is not going to always feel great. But the thing is, that loss, if we can just understand, it's part of the dance of loss and gain, destruction and creation, sadness and happiness. If we could just remember a little bit that that's the dance, we know that around the corner will be new creativity that's, that is given room by whatever the loss. And I'm not prescribing loss. Loss is inevitable, so I don't have to prescribe it. It's just when it comes our way, what are we going to do? Well, and that you are so absolutely right that uh, there is that it is a dance, and unless we do embrace the opposites, you know, you can't have the sunshine and the beautiful green grass if you don't have the rain. Correct. So we have to have always we have to have the opposites in our lives, like you talk about in your book, you know, the, your daughter's messy room <laughs> and how your first reaction was to say, you know, can't you clean this up and why is this always, and then how you hugged your your wife to say, wow. Okay, let's look at it the other way, how creative she is. And I think as parents, we can all identify with that. You know, these, how many times we ask for something and something else happens. But again, we, we can't have the good without the bad. Yeah, sometimes, so, I put it, sometimes I put it this way. You know, when we were kids, we loved to get dirty in the playground. And mm-hmm. when, if our parents told us you're not allowed to get dirty in the playground, we probably didn't have fun. And I have two kids, an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old. And, and I remember, yes, they, when they came home dirty, it actually meant they had a good time. And yeah, you had to rub them down a little bit with a face cross, and they, and they didn't love that. But the truth is they wouldn't give that up to be able to play. Now, what we have forgotten is the game is a little bit higher stakes. The game, the emotions of the game are a little bit rougher, but the game's the same. If we're really going to play the game, you know, this game of life, we have to get dirty because that's the game. That is the game. You know, I grew up on a farm, and we called it clean dirt. Yeah, I never good, understood excellent. what my folks meant, but they would just encourage us just to go out. And they go, you know, don't worry about getting dirty. It's clean dirt anyway. And I remember going to school, and um, people, we, they would, we, we'd talk about messiness and dirt. And I'd say, oh, we're never dirty because we have clean dirt on our farm. And that was the whole idea. Is that that is, that's great. You totally immerse yourself out there plowing or digging or whatever it was, you weren't experimenting and experiencing the fullness of life. That's beautiful. Clean dirt. That's going into my repertoire. Well, you say magic dust. Yeah, I, think I read that. I think you talk about magic dust. I thought, oh, my gosh, we're on the same wavelength here. I think we're all trying to struggle with this. And part of it is, you know, sometimes, you know, the advertisers tell us it could be perfect this way. And, and you know, our parents tell us it could be perfect. Or our religions and rabbis and ministers and priests and imams tell us it could be perfect this way. And what they're not telling us is that it's all really about the dance. Sometimes it's not, and that's why you have friends and family and community to help you through those times. But we all know on the other side of it, there's always greater wisdom, greater intimacy, 
and we just have to, that's, that's what it means to mature. And that's what we have to cherish, and that's what we have to celebrate. And then speaking of the dance, I like the way that you, you talk about uh, Eden is the story of intimacy. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the greatest love story and how, again, getting back to the bright side and the shadow side. But you, you talk about the meaning, the word Eve, how it means equal but separate. And I loved that when I read it because I never really stopped to think about it. And there's always a debate, you know, men and women and, and women want equality and this and that. And you take it right down to the basics that from the very beginning there was, it was equality but different. Right. And that's what's so beautiful. And of course that's, you know, the, the, obviously how the rubber meets the road on this is how do you hold those two things together? Very often that is complicated. But one, we have to hold those things together. And the second thing is that a lot of people look at that story and it becomes this story that's so negative as opposed to just ask one question the day after Eden that these two characters again mythically literally I don't even care how you how you believe it these two characters wind up making love mm-hmm. and so think about what it is after whatever we imagine is uh, whether it's the fall or disobedience what a funny story they become more intimate post post the disagreement and post the real disappointment and that's really the story of Eden on all the characters Adam and Eve and the God character who in the end says okay I'm gonna clothe you as you walk out that's a way that some writer whoever that writer is capital A author or small a author says folks here's what life's gonna be like you're gonna constantly be leaving Eden and recreating Eden and leaving Eden and recreating Eden and that's what the dance of intimacy is about and it is a never-ending dance between loneliness and connection Correct. expectation and disappointment hot sex and boring sex and I love the word right. that you wrote that the name of the book that Erin Kula has written with Linda Lowenthal is called yearnings embracing the sacred messiness of life and it is is totally so right on track because you are you're talking about in simple terms that everyone can look at and read and take into their heart because you're not holding forth that anyone is right it's like who cares who's right? We're all dancing together, and there's just magic death. Thank you so much. It's great. I, I'm actually, what I'm really suggesting is that everybody is partially right, and and that's the really interesting thing. Can we learn the partial truth of other people's lives and positions? Because well, and no- you know what, Erwin, something that I think is fun is be wrong. If you want to be miserable for the rest of your life, be right all the time. Correct. I mean, would you want to have dinner with somebody who never had self-doubt? Would you want to have dinner with someone who was always 100% certain? Would you want to have dinner with someone who never struggled? I mean, the fact is... No, no. And, you know, and happiness, when you talk about the Dalai Lama and you talk about happiness in your book, it's so clear that happiness is an inside job. Right, inside job. And that's why we know we can meet people. Yeah, we can meet people who who seem to, from the outside, look like, oh, my God, what miserable life. How is it that they're happy? I actually spoke to a woman today. Today, she's married to, she read my book, she called, uh, she somehow found my number, called me. She's been married to someone in prison for 18 years and 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 she sounded really on top of her game very together and it, it, it's a series of, of very sad things of why it happened etc and she spoke to me about about how the book regarding happiness happiness in the end is when we point outwards and she said i've been trying to explain that to people who look at me and say you're crazy etc but i'm not i'm happy i'm well adjusted i'm i'm on top of my game but this is how my life turned out 
Well, and she's doing what what uh, what fuels her passion, and obviously this is her path. And as as long as she's happy, what doesn't matter what the rest of the world says? I think we got to get rid of all that, you know, that yearning for approval. Right. Being happy, and what you say in your book is being happy isn't about only feeling good; it's about doing good. And I like the story about giving you had of how no matter how rich or poor you are, we all need to be able to have the gift of giving. It's a feel good when you give to others. And you talk about the, the man who uh, you're walking with your daughter yeah. and you give Robert. him a few bucks. Yeah, yeah Robert. And, and how one day he pulled out this dirty teddy bear because, you know, he needed to give back to you or he gives a poem. Right. I mean, how beautiful. He never just wanted to take. He wanted to give as well. And I, that's one thing I, that so often we forget, that we have to allow other people to give to us so that we can receive. Now, I think that's especially the case in an affluent society in which any kind of need or any kind of, of, of lack is automatically perceived as a vulnerability and weakness. And it is a skewed society that only has helpers and no helpies. And if you want to be a helper... You have to recognize the role of helpy. Helpy is as important in that dance, and sometimes we're helpers and sometimes we're helpies. And the thing is to be able to float between the two. Whatever it is, we turn out and need to help. And I'm always worried about someone who says, I don't need anyone's help. Oh, yeah, you don't need anyone's help? That's really a person I don't want to hang with. Well, you also, Tuck, I really identified with you here when you said you hurt your back because, you know, you've, you've always been a strong person. You could do what you, you always followed your own path, and you didn't feel like you needed help. And I've been the same way. Oh, I can do it. I'm a farm girl. I'm independent, you know. And I hurt my back the same, similar. And I couldn't put on my socks. I couldn't, right. <laughs> I couldn't get out of bed, you know. And it was, it was really a very humbling experience. And um, not that I recommend anybody hurting themselves. <laughs> right. But we all, have to, we all have to dance through that dance as well to know that we, it's really a blessing to others when we ask for help. And people are there for us. They want to be there. But we have to let down our vulnerability in order to accept it. When my kids said to me, I mean I, will, I mean, I wrote in the book, but I'll never forget when they looked at me and they said, Abba, which is father in, mm -hmm. in Hebrew, they said, Abba, we need to do it for us. Mm -hmm. And these are these little kids. We need mm -hmm. to help you. It's not whether you need it or not. We know you need it. You don't want to admit it. That's your problem. But we need to do it. And wow, wow. it's true. Yes. And the mouths yes. of babes. And I just cried, you know, because and, and, I'm tough, you know, and no one has to help me. But it's not right. It's, 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 it, and if you can't really be helped, then your helping is suspect too. Chances that are that your is, helping you know, is a little bit narcissistic. Real leaders don't create followers. Real leaders create leaders. Right. And exactly in order right. to be a leader, we have to be able to accept help and always be lifelong students. You know, we have to be learning from other people. Right. So what a beautiful thing. We did it for us. I mean, your, your children were teaching you. Well, Erwin, I want to give the name of your book again, and let's give out a website. The book is Yearning. It's embracing the sacred messiness of life, and we all know how messy life is. It has praise from just the most renowned people. This is a book you're going to want on your bookshelf. Uh, the author is Erwin Kula uh, with Linda Lowenthal. And what website would you like to give out? Uh, the website uh, for the book, it's yearnings.erwinkula.com. Yearnings.urincula.com. And I just want to read this, this last thing. The more we allow ourselves to unfold, the less likely we are to unravel. The more we dive into our desires, the more exquisite life becomes. So it's like be who you are. 
right. Ravi, who you are. Well, Rabbi, thank you so much for, you. for writing this book, for being a great teacher. But you know what? Most of all, I want to say thank you for, for living it. Thank you so much. It was such an training. honor to be here. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you so Thanks. much. That okay. book, again, is Yearnings, Embracing the Sacred Messiness of Life, where the author is Rabbi Erwin Kula. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and the show is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are going to go inside every woman when we return right after this. Dancing in a Broadway show on the silver screen, singing lovely songs of love. It's all I ever dreamed of. World Talk Radio. Ten strengths you didn't know you had coming right up with Vicki Milazzo and her incredible book, Inside Every Woman. Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit www.angelstoguideyou.com. We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts, and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. www.angelstoguideyou.com. Remember, you're not alone. angelstoguideyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome back. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach. Named by Inc. as one of the nation's top ten entrepreneurs, Vicki Malazzo has revolutionized a woman-dominated industry by pioneering a new profession for nurses. It's called legal nurse consulting. She took $100 and a lot of chutzpah, turned it into $12 million in annual revenues. But most of all, she is a woman who is walking her talk. She's written a book called Inside Every Woman, Using the Ten Strengths You Didn't Know You Had to Get the Career and Life you want welcome vicky to be the star you are thank you cynthia oh vicky i gotta tell you i love this book it is so highlighted that uh, <laughs> i'm not sure that i should have started highlighting because it's now all it's completely highlighted i want to start with uh first of all this whole idea of you being an entrepreneur and creating your own life because you grew up in louisiana you were not from a um a wealthy family in fact you know you said you weren't blue collar you weren't white collar you were no collar and yet you had a determination and a focus while other people were out partying you were strategizing you you became a nurse were a nurse for six years, and then you saw a need and you filled it. Give us a little bit of background about your journey, and then we're going to go to the ten strengths. Well, I was, as you said, in nursing for about six years, and I woke up one day unsatisfied with the choice that I had made to stay in hospital nursing, and I decided that I wanted a different future for myself, especially looking around at a lot of uh, burned-out nurses and nurses who had really given a lot of themselves. And so I wanted to start my own business, and I decided to create a business where I would educate lawyers about medical-related issues. I love teaching. Ever since I'm eight years old, I would teach an imaginary class, so I thought that would be a great way to use the skills that I've got, plus 
my desire to teach and educate. And I uh, initially I dreamed about it, but Cynthia, dreams can make people miserable, and it's the action. And it is action, isn't it? And this throughout your entire book, you talk about you can have all the vision you want, you can have all the ideas you want, but until you go into action, absolutely nothing happens. And how true that is. So you came up with these five promises that unleash the ten forces. And you made the promises to yourself. And should we give out the five promises before Absolutely. you tell the rest of your story? Yeah, yeah. And and I decided that I needed to do something different. And I think that's the key for anyone listening. That wherever you are right now, if you want to get to another place and another space, you're going to have to do something different. So for me, it was the five promises that I made. I knew I couldn't continue to do what I had been doing. And my first promise was to live and work a passionate life. That was my first promise. And to me, that one's like so important. I mean, they're all important, but number one, without passion, there's nothing. Yeah, and and that's such a big payoff. You know, we all worry about monetary payoff, but the most important payoff we can have related to our career is the emotional payoff mm-hmm. and the payoff of working a passionate life, so, or working a passionate career which ultimately helps us live a passionate life. And so that's promise number one, and uh, we do this to ourselves. I will live and work a passionate life. Yes. And promise number two, I will go for it or reject it outright. It's not that one day, someday I might give get around to living my career dream. Well, you talk about your mom, and, you know, that makes me so sad. And She died so young, but that someday I'll do this, someday I'll travel. So many of us do that. We all fall prey to that. When I get the bigger house, when I get the right boyfriend, when, you know, when I, the, the job is right, the timing is right. But you know what? It's never right. Today is the first day of the rest of our lives. Cliché, but true. Absolutely, and that's what my mom's death at age 48 from breast cancer taught me. If you have a dream, you go for it. And it's okay if you fail. It's okay if you make mistakes. For me, the success is about stepping out and going for it all the way. Well, you know what I thought was very important about this promise number two? Because I really get that I will go for it. But I loved your second part of this, reject it outright. Because I know I personally am one of these people that are like, okay, all right, I'm not doing it right now, so what can I do to change it? Instead of just saying, okay, this isn't working, let it go. Let right. it go. Absolutely. Sometimes we have to look at a, at a situation and we have to say, you know what, this really isn't for me. And to put any more energy and time into it and resources into it, is not taking me down the right path. And I had to do that in my business. I've certainly had to do that in aspects of my life. But acknowledging that something's not for us can be just as important as going for the right thing for ourselves. Very, very critical, very critical. Now, promise three is I'm going to take one action step a day toward my passionate vision. And in that one sentence, you have the action and the vision and that word passion again. And this is critical because we can dream the dream, we can write the plan, you know, but until we go into action, absolutely nothing happens. Yeah, and when I first started dreaming about owning my own business, at first I just started uh, reading books on owning businesses. You know, I was afraid to make the call. And when I made the first call to an attorney, it was very interesting because he actually picked up the phone. I was just horrified, (laughs) and I was expecting to leave a message. And I almost hung up, and then I thought, you know, he, if he were in the hospital with a hospital gown and his backside showing, I would have no problem introducing myself and not only doing that, but also inserting the Foley catheter or whatever else I needed to do as a nurse. And 
it is all about actually taking that action every day. And so once I took that, made that first call and made that first step and took that action, then I realized it doesn't really matter what we do, especially in the beginning when we're pursuing our dream. What matters is that we just get out there and do something every day. Every day. And it's so easy to have an excuse. You know, it's so easy to say, nobody likes me, I'm going to go eat worms. And this is why having your book, again, the book's called Inside Every Woman, Using the Ten Strengths You Didn't Know You Had to Get the Career and Life You Want by Vicki Milazzo. It's great to have a tool um, like your book that to kind of prompts you, okay, maybe I really don't want to get out of bed, but we're going to do it anyway. Now, the fourth one is I commit to being a success student for life. This is a huge thing for me. I think that we all, we have to make our cars, rolling universities, and if we're not learning something every day, we're dying. So this is really critical. Yes, and I think anyone who works a job or even if you're raising a child, you know that you have to learn something new every day in order to keep succeeding on what it is you're aiming for. And that's especially true if, again, you want to create a new and different life for yourself or a new career for yourself, you're going to have to be a success student. And we can learn from not only books and from from educational programs, but also from the people around us. I know that you're a real believer that our employees have so much to offer to us, and that's so true in our company. We do brainstorms on a regular basis. And I always think that I like to ethically embezzle the ideas of all my staff. So it's being open to other people as well, to their ideas, to their voices, and learning from everyone around us. Well, and one of the things that impressed me so much, and I know I'm jumping ahead because we got to give the fifth one, but this kind of feeds right into it. I believe as a woman I really can do anything, is I want to be part of your female fusion, yeah. I'll tell you. I really, really admire how empowering you are to women. And if every woman could embrace their goddessness inside and how great they are and and just unleash that power within them and support other women just as you support your employees, how incredible this world would be. And it does start so much with the belief. I, I firmly believe that... First, whatever it is we want, we have to imagine it. But before we can achieve it, we have to believe it. That's the key to achievement. That's right. You know, and it's like to believe it, you know, what is it? Conceive, believe, achieve. But if we don't believe it, we're not going to get anywhere. And that is probably a real issue, which starts taking us to using the ten strengths that you didn't know you had. And I just want to comment on how you have put the book together is that after every chapter, you have different uh, questions, or actually promises, questions you can ask yourself, and they all relate to the five promises according to what the ten things are. So when we want to ignite our, our passion, we you have these ten these ten ways. So fire, intuitive vision, engagement, agility, genius, integrity, endurance, enterprise renewal, and my favorite of all the female fusion. <laughs> uh, let's touch on just a couple let's just touch on a couple of these here and why don't you talk about integrity because one of the things you were you talk about a lot in your book is eliminating the clutter and getting away from gossip and to me gossip is the one downfall that women seem to have yes and i think that with anyone who's in an environment whether it's around friends or in your workplace 
if you find yourself participating in gossiping, whining, and complaining, not only will it kill your fire and your passion for what it is you're doing, but also it's going to kill your career advancement opportunities. I promise the people that matter do notice. And, and you know, and again, what, what purpose does it serve? I mean, what purpose does it serve? If, you know, that's something that we were taught as little kids, at least in my family, if you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. And you support that in writing in your book is, hey, just don't indulge in it. You don't, you know, you have to find solutions to things, offer ideas, and, and embrace other people, encourage other people. But why do so many women, I find that women who maybe a lot of times aren't secure, they tend to want to bring others down as opposed to find the leader within and that fire within and, and that genius and that is within them. And, Cynthia, it's good to remember that we love to be around positive, energetic people, and if we can be that positive, energetic person, then people are attracted to us. So whatever it is we want, the way to get to it is to be positive, energetic. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm jumping around on your things here, but genius. Talk about the collaboration. You don't like the word network, which I think is really, you know, I think that's a, a good thing. Is What about the collaboration? Talk about that. Yeah, it's not that I don't like networking. It's that I think that sometimes networking's not working. And a lot of times, uh, especially if people go to what they think of as networking events, because often, the, the people they can really learn from are not at those networking events. They're busy. And so the key is knowing where you need to show up, also learning how to filter advice that's given to you. I think that's an important key. And, for example, if you're a fledgling business owner, you don't want to just be surrounding yourselves with people who are at your level. You want to be talking to business owners who are much more successful than you. And that's what I did when I started my business. I hung with people that had businesses that were ten times more successful than mine. So that helped me to learn and grow a lot faster. Well, one of the things you talk about when you were starting your business, that you were constantly learning from other people and that you were the creative, you had the vision, but the business skills isn't anything that you had learned in school. You were, you know, you were a nurse, you went back to law school, you had all this. But if we surround ourselves by smart people, I, I always like to use that phrase, and I'm trying to remember who, who used it before, but if you're the stupidest person in the room, you're always going to learn. Absolutely. And so surround yourself by really uh, smart, on-the-way-up people who inspire and encourage and inform and motivate. And then even if you take away one jewel, one tidbit, one pearl of wisdom, it is time very, very well spent. Well, you have, throughout your book, you have all kinds of strategies that really um, replenish you, but I wanted to get to, in your area, in your um, renewal chapter, which is one of the ten strengths, you talk about 17 strategies for replenishing your emotional energy, which are critical, and number one was get away, and we have to learn how to turn off our cell phones. We learn. We have to learn how to give ourselves as women something back, which is we're so used to being the nurturers. Yes, and, you know, like everybody out there listening, I'm, I'm very busy with my business, with family life, and I try to take at least 10 weeks off a year. And I know not everyone can do that, especially if you're a mom with three kids, raising three kids. 
but we can all get away even if it's 30 minutes in the morning. And I learned a great tradition when I was in Nepal, and that was having uh, just 30 minutes of quiet uh, bed tea before I really started my day when I was hiking out in the Himalayas. And I start my day that way now. And when I'm on vacation, I stay disconnected. My office knows that they can reach me if the office is on fire. (laughs) And they also know I'm not calling in unless I need a ride from the airport. We can disconnect. It is possible. uh, Disconnect is so important. Uh, I recently went away for my son's birthday just for a family vacation on on a lake. And on my uh, responder and my email, I put, you know, I didn't say I'm away working. I said, I am gone with my family on a lake for the next week. And I had so many emails about that. How can you be out of reach? How, don't you want to check your emails? Don't you want a phone? It's like, no, we need to rejuvenate. We need to keep the integrity in our family life so that we can be good in our business lives. So we have to be unreachable. And that's kind of the greatest gift that we can um, give ourselves. Well, Vicki, fantastic book. This is a book that needs to be on not every person's shelf, every woman's shelf, but everybody. This is a great book to learn by. It's called Inside Every Woman, Using the Ten Strengths You Didn't Know You Had to Get the Career and Life You Want by Vicki Milazzo. Beautiful Italian woman. I'm Italian, too. I'm an Appuccini. So, right. Just a great job. Would you give out your website for us, please? InsideEveryWoman.com InsideEveryWoman.com, again, the book, Inside Every Woman. Uh, Vicki speaking around the country and uh, has her book and has her great company. Vicki, thank you so much for being a guest on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And thank you for inspiring the, the greatness within us all. We all have a genius. We all have a goddess. And you put it down into words and just simple words that we can understand and live by. Way to go, girlfriend. Thank you, Cynthia, and thank you for what you're doing for women. Thank you. And listen, I, I think we all have to start this female fusion. We didn't get to talk about it, but read the book and find out how you can start your own female fusion entity. Vicki, you're terrific. I hope that I get to meet you one of these days. It would be such a, a great privilege. Again, Inside Every Woman, Using the Ten Strengths You Didn't Know You Had to Get the Career and Life You Want by Vicki Malazzo. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you've been listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you so much for being great listeners. And tune in here every week where we bring you the experts and the authors who enhance and inspire your life. For more information about Star Style Productions, you can visit star-style.com. And more information about the charity, Be the Star You Are, that empowers women, family, and youth at risk, please visit us at bethestarur.org. And until we celebrate next week, go out in to the world, make it a great day, smile, have fun, be wild and crazy, and most of all, enjoy the moment. This is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, reminding you, be the star you are. See you next week.